You are listening to the Today I Found Out podcast, where each weekday we provide an interesting story that is going to feed your brain. You can read more great articles like this by going to todayifoundout.com. Hello, welcome to episode number 277 of the Daily Knowledge Podcast from todayifoundout.com. And in the episode today, you're going to learn about two companies who, instead of going to court, decided to settle their differences the old-fashioned way. There isn't a bonus fact in today's episode, so let's just get right on with the show. David vs. Goliath, Burr vs. Hamilton, Ali vs. Fraser. These fights have captured the public's imagination like few others. On March 20, 1992, another battle entered this conversation, Herwald versus Kelleher. Okay, so most likely you probably don't have any clue who Kurt Herwald and Herb Kelleher are and why they decided to match up against one another, but you soon will learn all about their fascinating fight. Prior to 1978, the airline industry was completely regulated by the government. As in, if a seat on a flight from Washington, D.C. to New York City was $100 on United, it would be $100 on Continental and American as well. Prices were the same for every airline due to federal regulations as dictated by the Civil Aeronautics Board because it was considered interstate commerce. That is, unless the airline only flew within one state. That was the thinking behind Texas businessman Roland King's creation of Air Southwest. In 1968, King saw a gap in the airline market. Texas was a big state, bigger than the UK, the Netherlands, Austria, and Italy combined, and it was rather time-consuming to drive between cities. So why not create an airline that would fly passengers between cities? Legend has it that he conceived of the idea on a cocktail napkin in San Antonio, but King later admitted this wasn't quite true, but made for a great story. Since the airline would only operate within one state, their prices wouldn't be regulated. They could charge whatever they liked, including drastically lower fares. King, knowing he would need help to get this idea, literally and figuratively, off the ground, approached his lawyer, Herb Kelleher. The two Texans went into business together, creating Air Southwest. As one would imagine, the rest of the industry did not take too kindly to a rogue airline trying to circumvent the rules, so did what most companies do in this situation, sicked their lawyers on the upstart. Texas International, Barniff and Continental were among the airlines that fought Southwest. After three years of litigation, the Texas Supreme Court finally upheld Southwest's right to fly in Texas. When the U.S. Supreme Court decided to withhold comment, it was a done deal. They changed their name to Southwest Airlines, and on June 18, 1971, Southwest began service to Dallas, San Antonio, and Houston. From the beginning, Southwest Airlines, led by King and Kelleher, fostered its reputation as a fun and zany airline. Their lower prices helped with this, so did the all-female flight attendants wearing bright orange shorts and go-go boots. With the Airline Deregulation Act of 1978, the airline industry deregulated and Southwest began flying to places outside of Texas, with New Orleans being the first in December of 1978. Southwest Airlines had always used catchy, whimsical advertising and slogans to promote their brand. Love is still our field was their first slogan, premiering in 1972. Love Field in Dallas was and still is the location of the Southwest corporate headquarters. Then came Somebody Up There Loves You and THE Low Fare Airline. On October 22, 1990, Southwest introduced a new slogan in Phoenix, Just Plain Smart. They used that slogan for about 15 months until they got a call from Stevens Aviation in Greenville, South Carolina. Apparently, they had been using the slogan Plain Smart prior to Southwest. 
Instead of spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on legal fees and letting the courts decide the matter, Stevens Aviation Chairman Kurt Herwald came up, along with Executive Vice President Stephen Towns, with an idea. They challenged the CEO of Southwest, Herb Kelleher, to an arm wrestling match for the rights to the slogan, Plain Smart. Herwald knew Southwest's propensity for doing things outside of the box, plus he thought publicity for the two companies would be far better in the long run than fighting via the courts for a slogan. Kelleher excitedly accepted. Malice in Dallas was to be held on March 20, 1992, at a famed wrestling forum, the Dallas Sportarium in downtown Dallas. This, quite obviously, was a home game for Kelleher and Southwest, with their headquarters mere miles away, but Herwald was fine with it. Anything for publicity. Besides losing rights to the slogan, the loser of each round, it was going to be a best-of-three competition, would have to donate $5,000 to the Muscular Dystrophy Association or Ronald McDonald House of Cleveland. In the days leading up to the matchup, both companies heavily promoted it. Customers and well-wishers sent items to Callagher that they thought would help him win, including a box of Wheaties, a can of spinach, a bottle of wild turkey, and anabolic steroids from Mexico. Both men showed up to the ring at 9 a.m. on Friday, the 20th of March, prepared to fight. They also made a spectacle out of it. Herb Kelleher arrived in a bus with cheerleaders wearing a white satin robe. Kurt Herwald, when introduced, ran from the tunnel in a red robe with booze raining down from the pro-Southwest crowd. After Kelleher arrived in the ring to the Rocky theme song and pre-match tussling between the two corners died down, the competition began. Immediately, Kelleher called in a replacement due to a supposedly injured arm that he suffered while saving a child on the way to the arena. The replacement was J.R. Jones, the 1986 Texas arm wrestling champion. Jones and Southwest Airlines easily won the first round. The second round, Herwald brought in a ringer as well, one of his employees, Killer Annette Coates. She faced off with Kelleher, even though his arm was still supposedly hurt. Coates defeated him in a matter of seconds. Now, with theatrics out of the way, the real match began. The third round was perfectly set up with a winner-take-all between the two faces of their companies, Herwald in a red polo shirt and Kelleher with a cigarette hanging out of his mouth, locked arms in a dead heat for a solid 35 seconds. Finally, Herwald pinned Kelleher's arm for the win. Booze erupted from the crowd in Dallas, but Herwald won fair and square, meaning Stevens Aviation got to keep the slogan. But Kurt Herwald decided to do things a bit different one more time. He allowed Southwest to use the slogan too, as a show of good sportsmanship and for Southwest's willingness to accept such a crazy proposal in the first place, when so many other companies would have simply gone to court. After the matchup, both heads of the companies agreed that determining the dispute this way was a fantastic idea for publicity, their bottom line, and a way to show the personalities of their companies. Said Herwald, There's too much litigation in business today and not enough leadership. We need more guys like Herb Kelleher who are willing to say we don't need to go to court all the time. Kelleher told the New York Times that if Stevens and Southwest went to court about this, it would have cost Southwest $500,000 and a few years to decide. He also admitted that, Frankly, Stevens had been using Plain Smart in their ads longer. We didn't know about it, but they had it first, so we might well have lost the case on top of all that money, effort, and time spent on it. Both companies believed that malice in Dallas had much to do with their rise in profits directly after. Stevens Aviation, three years later, was making nearly four times as much as it did in 1992. 
Ed Stewart, manager of public relations for Southwest, estimated it at least generated $6 million in publicity, and a mere year later, Southwest's stock prices had doubled. And to top it all, $15,000 got donated to charity between the three rounds. Even the President of the United States took notice. George H. W. Bush sent a congratulatory letter to both participants, calling it a win-win. You just listened to an episode of the Today I Found Out Daily Podcast. Tune in every weekday for another great episode, or find more articles at todayifoundout.com.